It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Whites, along with Aaron Sexton. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you along here on this wacky Wednesday. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Got coaches shows coming up tonight. The Baylor Coaches Show right here on ESPN Central Texas starting at 7 o'clock tonight. Do we know who the guest is tonight? Baylor baseball coach Mitch Thompson. Oh, good. And, oh, Joyce Gravano. Okay. Yeah. So it will be Coach Thompson and Coach Gravano tonight at Rudy's for the Baylor Coaches Show. That is uh, 7 o'clock right here on ESPN Central Texas. That goes from 7 to 8, and we will immediately go into Texas Rangers baseball at 8 o'clock with the pregame, 835 first pitch as they now have their magic number down to three, thanks to those about that. Seattle Mariners putting it on the trash throws last night. <laughs> Even though the Rangers had a bad game, got a bad start uh, from Bradford, those things are going to happen, especially late in the year, especially mm-hmm. in baseball in general. You it, know, that's, you won six straight, as, you're going to have a bad as outing. As Ron Washington would say, that's, that's how, how baseball, baseball goes. That's exactly right. And they had a bad <laughs> outing. They had – they. They got some hits late, but they didn't hit the ball for most of the game, and their and their pitching, especially uh, especially the starting pitching, was not good. That's going to happen though. Like I said, they were coming off six straight wins where the starting pitching was lights out. They had the the best lineup in baseball was being the best lineup in baseball and just crushing the ball every game. Mm-hmm. And you know they kind of came down to earth a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. They kind of hit the wall a little bit last night, but it was to be expected. But Seattle helped them out by beating Houston. They remain two and a half games in front of the Astros mm-hmm. in the American League West. And the magic number is three, you say? Three for the West, two for the playoffs. Okay. So it's so a win and a loss tonight. Puts it at one. We'll put it at one. That put it at one? It would clinch the playoffs, it not that, yeah. Clinch the playoffs, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, a yeah, win I, and a loss tonight clinches the playoffs. Yes, they're at they're, least guaranteed a wild card. Yes. and then, Which is significant. We talked to Absolutely. Talked yeah. yeah, that's huge. We talked about it yesterday. I, I thought that 75 to 80 wins was pretty high expectations for this team going into the year. That's kind of what I expected, and I thought anything else would be a bonus. But guess what? They've They're going to win – over 90 games, and they're going to make the playoffs. And so that's a lot of bonus. That's a big bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think this was a playoff team. I thought they were a couple of years away. Uh, and, you know, I'm first one to admit it. Also, I think I'm safe for my 100, under 100 win prediction. There for a while, I was getting nervous, but I, I think I'll be okay. Bagby's going to be fine. Uh, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, but. They could clinch the playoffs tonight, and we'll have that for you right here on ESPN Central Texas. And then tomorrow, 
they could actually win the West tomorrow with the same results. That would be awesome. How about that? <laughs> yes. And we'll have that for you as well. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, I want it to happen sooner rather than later. I don't want the last three games you don't to, want to mean, wait till Sunday. To mean anything because <laughs> that way they don't have to. I mean, they, look, I don't think that they're going to go out and try to lose on purpose, but you can rest some guys, pitch some guys that you probably, well, that you obviously wouldn't if you were still in the pennant race if you can clinch. And if Seattle happens to get a couple of wins and that keeps the Astros out of the playoffs. Well, then That's Aaron's a bonus. very happy. A lot of people will be happy. <laughs> and, and you know what? It keeps one of the best teams in baseball out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. probably besides, I would say, Baltimore, the best team in the American League. I, I, would, think. I would think so right now, yeah. yeah. So it, wouldn't, if, if, wouldn't, if it, wouldn't Baltimore be the best? I mean, they've won 98 I, games. Absolutely. But if you go by record, and, and the Rangers have done relatively Tampa well Tampa Bay probably them. is right there with them. Yeah, Tampa Bay is, is really, really good. They, they're they having some of the same problems the Rangers had mm-hmm. with starting pitchers getting injured. But they, they're they lucky. They were, like the Rangers, were pretty deep. They were deep without having to trade. Right. But I think those are the two teams you have to look at for the Rangers. I think the Rangers are better than the Twins. Uh, and I, I think that if, if that were to be a situation that the Rangers could handle that, um, but Baltimore and Tampa Bay are going to be a challenge. Um, but if the Rangers can get it done, I'm like you in the next couple of nights and give yourself an opportunity to kind of just, I don't want to say coast, but not as much pressure going into the end of the season. And then, by the way, if you win the West, guess what? You get a little time off. That's exactly right. There's so much benefit to winning tonight and winning tomorrow and hopefully the Rangers, the Astros lose either tonight or tomorrow and you go ahead and clinch going into that last mm-hmm. series. That's ideal. Like I said, you don't, you're, you're not going to just give up, but you're also not going to – I mean, you're going to get your arms rested for the postseason. You think it's a – You can get exactly on the schedule that you want right. if you've got that time to rest and a couple of extra days if you clinch the American League West this week. Do you think it's fortunate or unfortunate that both of them are on the West Coast right now? Wouldn't you kind of like to know yes. if the Ast- if you're on the West Coast right now, if the Astros had already played and they were sitting there and Seattle's already beat them in Houston – that would kind of give you a little bit of a juice, wouldn't it? Yeah. But like, now you're playing at the exact same time. That's just not ideal. Yeah, I was uh, one. The last thing I did before I went to bed last night was check the Seattle score mm-hmm. to see if they had finally finished, which they just had. I think it was about one o'clock. Now tomorrow night, uh, I was wrong. They can't. They can't clinch because well, they can still beat Seattle. They played eight forty, but the Astros are off tomorrow. Oh, okay. All right. So the Astros won't play. Until well, they Friday. Could, they still could clinch if they win. Astros lose tonight, and they win tomorrow. That's that would get get them to zero. That would yeah. Okay, all right. Um, Houston, though, I mean, you got a real good opportunity here. Your schedule is because you have the head to head with Seattle to end. That you've dominated this year. Yeah, that that gives you an, an opportunity. The head to head's always better, but Houston has Arizona who are in a fight 
for the last playoff spot in the mm-hmm. National League yeah. with the Cubs, and mm-hmm. they it's it's kind of like this race in the American League West. It keeps going back and forth, half game, a game, mm-hmm. you know. But I think I don't right think now that, I don't think that's a gimme. Oh the no, Astros. no, and uh, as a matter of fact, I mean with their with Zach Gallon and the starting pitching that they have, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be tough for the Astros, especially. And this isn't a dig. This is the truth. As poorly as they've been playing lately, the starting pitching hasn't been good for the Astros, and the bats haven't been good the last few games. Which that'll come around. Their batting order will will eventually come around. It's the starting pitching I think that Astros fans should be worried about. Should be interesting. It's going to be a fun race. And as Aaron pointed out, we'll have it all for you right here on ESPN Central Texas as we come down to the wire uh, with Texas Ranger baseball. Uh, also, uh, over on our sister station coming up tonight, it is the Scott Stewart Show, Temple Wildcats Coaches Show, live at Wings Pizza and Things. We invite you to come out to that as well if you're over in that area and and talk a little Wildcat football. And you could even watch the Ranger game on one of the 100 TVs that are inside Wings Pizza and Things. You can. There's not a place you cannot look up and see something Sports-wise, on one of the TVs, uh, Mike Denton, gang, do a great job over at Wings Pizza and Things. Fun place to watch a game and fun place to catch a coach's show as well. Should have a whole lot of fun tonight as the Wildcats get ready to take on Pflugerville Weiss, who's playing very, very well at 5-0 and right now yeah, and they're leading the district. One of the biggest surprises for me so far mm-hmm. the high school football season, and good for them. Struggled last year at the end of the year and ended up missing the playoffs, I believe. They did. And, and – that was after a really good start that looked like they were going to kind of roll into the playoffs. So looks like they have, have got that turned around. And, yeah, they look really good so far this season. Jets at a quarterback. Did this surprise you that the Jets have tried to add a veteran? But who they added, Trevor Simeon, I mean. He's been there is the only reason. He's got some familiarity with the playbook. But okay. he still, is he better than Zach Wilson? I don't think so. I don't either. I don't think it's an upgrade. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't. But I honestly don't know what they do. I th- there's talk that that Robert Sala is losing the locker room, especially on the def- defensive side of the ball, because they feel like he's punting the season by starting Zach Wilson still. And they're right. absolutely right. I don't know if this has anything to do with that, but I don't think this helps a ton. If it's an upgrade, it's very slight. I don't know. I don't know what they can do, though. They can't really go out and take on another $50 million salary, like, say, trading for someone like Russell Wilson or. No, I don't think you do that either Kirk because Cousins. you've got Rodgers coming back next year. Absolutely. That's another reason so, why you can't do it because they have multi year contracts and then you'd be on the hook for $100 million just for your quarterbacks next year. And you've had, you'd have, one of them would have to sit the bench or. Someone to take that contract, then that would be hard. So I got, I got, they're in a bad situation. I got three names for you. Colt well, McCoy. That's one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Carson Wentz. There was talk about that. Matt Ryan. He already said thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just. Yeah, no, I, that, that they, I, I, I don't I, know if they called him, but they asked, they asked him about it. And uh, he said, no, I'm enjoying doing TV work. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm retired. Okay. Um, Wentz, I don't think they're interested. I wouldn't. I don't know that I would be either. But McCoy would as, be the as most much as I hate to say it. He's better than what you got. Well, and Colt McCoy could win you some games. 
I think so. That that is an upgrade. Now, is it a huge, huge upgrade? No, but it's enough to but win. But he's not going to drive it up on the curb. Absolutely, and and, and he and can, Wilson is. He can do enough with that defense, and if the running game does what it should with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook to win you games, enough games to get you maybe to the playoffs, mm-hmm. which would be a tall task with the start to the season that they've had, but they still have a chance. They've got to do something quick, though, and it's not Trevor Simeon. I don't think it is. I, I think that's a lateral move. I don't even know why you bring him to your practice squad. I, I don't either. I mean, it, that, that does not does – not, it's not calm the locker room down, I don't think. No, they're and not. they look up and see Trevor Simeon. Right, they're not Simeon saying, oh, okay, door. never mind. Tre- Trevor Simeon's here. We're good. They're not yeah, saying that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not what's going to happen. All right, Cowboys get ready to take on the New England Patriots. Zeke's coming back to town, and the Cowboys, well, they need to get back on track. Let's talk to RJ Achoa next on the Press Box. <laughs> The Valley Mills Coaches Show with Robert Featherston is brought to you by Bar None Country Store, the 5th Street Market and Nursery. Coach, a 27-16 win over Moody in district play this week, and it looked like Jay Sean Johnson did it again. Uh, yes, sir. Had another good night. Uh, he's, you know, he's getting where he's running really strong in our O-line. Uh, you know, they're just, they're, they're allowing them places to run the ball, but, you know, been, like I said, really been proud of them and their hard work. Coach, what, what's the big difference this year in your team now, who's three and one than last season where you lost so many close games? You know, I think, I think one, I think our kids are coming together. They, they support one another. They stand together, you know, and uh, I felt like that wasn't always the case last year. I, Having our quarterback healthy this year, you know, another big reason, uh, able to throw the ball when we need to. And uh, last year we really didn't have that option all the time. Uh, but I just think that they're starting to believe in each other, you know, and and, uh, and it's kind of coming together a little bit for us. Coach, a good football team reverberates through the town. Give everybody a, a sense of what Valley Mills feels like right now with as good as this squad has been. Uh, you know, it's just exciting. It's exciting to be three and one. Uh, you know, and have a chance. We, you know, with an opportunity coming up, our district is so tough, and we know that you know wins are hard to come by in this district. So, uh, just getting the first one uh, builds confidence. And, you know, the people are excited, and so uh, hopefully we can continue this Friday. Yeah, coach. Now you got a Crawford team that everybody knows is going to be good coming into this year, and, and they've slipped up a couple of times. What do you got to do to to pull out a win this week? You can't make mistakes against Crawford. You know, that's that's one of the things. And, and uh, we were, were a little bit sloppy last week in some areas, penalties and things. And, uh, you know, we preached that to the kids this week. If you want to be a team like Crawford, you can't have them. You can't have the penalties. You can't have turnovers. Um, you're going to have to play, you know, one of your best football games uh, in order to have a chance to beat them. And, you know, and, and that's that's really kind of what we're preaching. Now, Crawford obviously has been good for, for years. What would it mean to get a win Friday night? You know, it, Every, like I said, every win is so hard to get as it is, but uh, just to be 2-0 and in district and give us an opportunity going into some more tough games, you know, to put ourselves on top instead of under the eight ball, behind the eight ball, uh, as we have uh, last year, uh, just, you know, that, I can't say enough about how big that would be. ESPN Central Texas. 
Your one stop for all farm and ranch supplies is Bar None Country Store. And when it's time to buy feed for all your animals, they're an official Purina dealer. Bar None Country Store also stocks deer protein, deer corn, and deer feeders, outdoor furniture, agriculture hardware, and Circle E and Tyler candles. Go by and say hello to Paula, Bobby, and the gang at Bar None Country Store, 7991 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, and at barnonecountrystore.com. The 5th Street Market and Nursery is Bosque County's premier nursery, greenhouse, and boutique. Discover a variety of indoor and outdoor plants, unique gifts, and local artisanal products at their family-owned nursery and garden center. Located in Clifton off 5th Street, Highway 219. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5 and Sunday, 10 to 4. Check them out at 5thStreetMarket.com or on Facebook. Let their passionate team help your vision bloom into reality. Hi, I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. It's that time of year. It's football season, and Bird Colgen Ford is a proud supporter of the best high school football teams right here in Central Texas. BK Ford is proud to sell the number one truck in Texas, the F-Series truck, led by our leading rusher, the F-150, 46 years in a row. Come to the largest showroom in Texas and experience better at Bird Colgen Ford. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Bush's Chicken has a long tradition of being voted the best chicken in communities where we're located. People love our specials like Tender Tuesday and Happy Hour every day from 2 to 5 p.m. And Bush's believes in giving back to our communities. Most weeks throughout the year, Bush's Chicken is donating meals and our famous iced tea in support of area schools and churches. Stop by today and get the best chicken, the best tenders, and the best tea at the best value. Bush's Chicken, simply the best. I've been a longtime customer at Community Bank and Trust. But when people talked about mobile banking, I just didn't understand what that meant. Well, I stopped by the bank and visited Sherry in the Customer Connection Center. She put the app on my phone and taught me how to check my balance, see if a check has cleared, and showed me how to transfer money between accounts. Now, I feel so tech savvy. Community Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Jesse Britt's Automotive wants to help your car get ready for the Texas heat. Now through Saturday, they're offering free automotive AC checkup with any vehicle service at Jesse Britt's Automotive. Plus, let them help keep your car roadworthy with their computerized alignments discounted for a limited time at only $49.99. The alignments come with free tire rotation and free visual brake inspection. Just mention this ad, Jesse Britt's Automotive, discounting your prices, not your service. Time to talk Cowboys with R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys on ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Time to talk Cowboys with R.J. Ochoa. And R.J., appreciate the time today. How are we? I'm doing well, guys. Great to be with you. Uh, the pork chops were fantastic last week. I know you were all curious and <laughs> I, holding your breath. Ed, to find edge out. of my seat. That was the first question. <laughs> they were fantastic. Good. All right. So uh, what are we cooking this week? Uh, you know, I am still um, I'm still open. You know what I mean? I've, I've done <laughs> pork in recent history, pork chops, 
Uh, might be brisket time, you know. If oh. that fall weather can finally kick in, then maybe I'll pull the trigger. There you go. RJ Atua blogging the boys with us here on ESPN Central Texas. And RJ, oof, that that was not pretty Sunday. No, um, I mean, I think it's it's easy to sit here and say, oh, this happens in the NFL and, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, man, um, that doesn't happen. Uh, I don't think that you ever expect uh, to just get manhandled, especially, you know, against a team that you're 12 and a half point favorites against. Um, it was, I mean, I don't know that humbling is a strong enough word, but the Cowboys are, are certainly going to have to figure out a way to rebound this week because, um, you know, the good times are over. When you look at what happened on Sunday and what they were able to do offensively to this defense, that was the biggest surprise to me. I, I really wasn't shocked that Dak struggled or the offense struggled. I mean, that we've seen that movie before. But this defense, I was so high on this defense that did the Cardinals expose the, this defense a little bit by just – running right at number 11 and, and give everybody else a game plan in the NFL? You know, um, I know that Jonathan Gannon's, you know, made his hay on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL. Uh, I was obviously the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles last year, but it was the Eagles who, and I hate to give them credit for this, who, who kind of laid the blueprint out. They were the first team uh, in the Micah Parsons era. Granted, you know, we're, we're barely three games into his third year, but they were the first team last year in that first meeting to kind of do that. And um, nobody else really replicated it that exact same way. And, and to be fair, not everybody has the rushing attack and prowess that, that the Eagles do and did. Um, but it felt like Jonathan Gannon was kind of like, well, why, why hasn't anybody done this again? This, this is a really effective thing. Um, and Micah, look, I love Micah, but Micah had, had talked about it and said, yeah, bring it, run it right at me. Um, and the Cardinals were unafraid to, and, it's, it's hard to, to dispute right now that that is the Achilles seal, that, that there is somebody went to Krypton, brought it back, and now Superman is in trouble <laughs> even here on Earth. What, what do you do if you're Dan Quinn? And, and I think that if you're going to insist on, look, number 11 is your playmaker, don't you have to figure out a way to hide him, disguise him, put him in different positions now that – You've seen this a couple of times. Yeah, I think that's why we've seen, you know, Dan try to, you know, line Mike up at a defensive tackle along the interior because it's just a matter of like finding matchups that, that he can win. Uh, because when he does, obviously he can create so much havoc. But um, it goes a little bit beyond that, I think. I mean, you know, because Micah is so great, you you know, you're paying a lot of other guys a lot of money, you know, and I'm, I'm not, you know, saying that they haven't, risen to the challenge, but that's when DeMarcus Lawrence has to show up. That's when mm-hmm. Leighton Vanderish has to be able to kind of clock things up. That's when, you know, Mozzie Smith has to kind of, you know, grow into a role where he can develop. You you simply have to have other players winning often enough to where other teams cannot afford to devote that much attention to Micah Parsons. And until that happens, this is the book. And and you're gonna, you know, right now the the water is here and and it has to find a way through this dam. And if it doesn't, it's just gonna remain trapped. Does Dak Prescott, in your opinion, have trouble playing from behind? I think that Dak has a lot of success in, in high-pressure moments. I think, you know, uh, the last 
three or so years have seen him really excel in two minute situations, right? When the Cowboys are moving really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, you know, when you're playing from severely behind, it's so obvious that you have to, you know, throw the ball. In fact, um, this morning I saw Tony Pollard faced the least amount of stacked boxes this past week uh, among running backs who faced at least one uh, last week. So obviously, you know, among anybody who played, um, which, you know, suggests not only that the Cardinals were, were daring the Cowboys to, to throw the ball and to pass and, and were properly equipped for that, but that they built up a big lead, right? And they could kind of, you know, I wouldn't say play prevent, but but they could devote more resources to that and, and force Dak Prescott to do some difficult things. And um, it's it's getting behind the eight ball. It's really, you know, the, the best way to put it, I think. And, and I think everybody struggles in that sense. I mean, you're behind for a reason. And so... Once you're behind, um, you you are out of your comfort zone, and so um, it's it's a difficult spot to be. And that's what I think was so jarring about last week was, you know, if, if the Cowboys had played that way next Sunday night in San Francisco, I think we all would have been able to reckon with that. Um, but but to get you know that pulverized by a team that a lot of people think you know uh, really isn't trying to compete this year, uh, really really tugs at our insecurities. Why does this team struggle so badly in the red zone? You know, I think it's worth mentioning that the field shrinks there. I mean, that that sounds obvious, but um, a lot of people don't provide or give that benefit of the doubt, if you want to call it that. But, I mean, it literally is true, right? You have less field to work with. And so, in that sense, it, it works to the advantage of whoever's defending it because, from a square footage, you know, surface area perspective, you, you have less to defend. Um, and, and I think now, um, you know, the Cowboys have, have had this rap for wanting to run the ball. And now they have this rap for Dak Prescott with the interceptions. I think, you know, if, if you can kind of just attack them, you know, along the middle and collapse everything, then odds are it's going to work out in your favor. And I think, you know, it's worth mentioning if, if you're, if you're trying to be optimistic, right? If you're trying to, you know, look for the sun, which isn't hard again this time of year. Um, you know, the first two games, you know, th- they had these massive leads. And so the the need wasn't dramatic. And this most recent game, I mean, they had 60% of their offensive line, the most, you know, experienced 60% of their offensive line missing and out of action. And so um, they have played three games that aren't exactly completely representative of opportunities in the red zone, but that's not to absorb them or absolve them, excuse me, of any kind of blame or responsibility. At the end of the day, they're just not executing when they get down there, which is really strange to see. They can cook the meal, but they're the kind of chef that doesn't want to eat it, right? They sit back <laughs> and you know, put the towel over their neck and let everybody else see while they just watch. When you look at this team and what happened on Sunday, is it – is it a time for Cowboy fans to panic or just breathe right now? I think it's, you know, both can be true. Um, you don't have to, you know, panic, uh, jump off the deep end kind of thing. But um, you also shouldn't put your fingers in your ears and la, la, la it away and say, oh, it's fine. Oh, the Chiefs lost to the Colts in week three last year. And look how that worked out. Um because these games matter. And, and even if the Cowboys do rip off, I don't know, 10 wins in a row, whatever, um, this, this will hurt them. It's these easy, you know, what appear to be easy games that you lose that, that are the difference between 12 and five and 13 and four, and therefore winning the NFC East or being a wild card team, right? Like 
being the one seed and not being the one seed and, and having a first round by and not having one. I mean, um, you know, Major League Baseball is obviously in its final week of the regular season. I can't tell you how many, you know, regular season Astros games I'm pissed off that they lost because those are the difference, right? Like you, you look back when you have all the, the benefit of hindsight and say, man, if we had just won this game. And, you know, if you look back last year and say if the Cowboys had just not blown double-digit fourth-quarter lead for the Packers and mm-hmm. the Eagles, they, they would have won the division – or the team of the Jaguars, they would have won the division last year. And so it, you, you can't throw it away, but you also don't have to harp. You, you have to take a lesson from it and remember that it is all part of the marathon. RJ, there were so many bad things about the game Sunday, but one that sticks out in my mind that I think has gotten overlooked a little bit, the Cowboys were driving in Cardinals territory with under five minutes left, needing two, needing two touchdowns, not just two scores, two touchdowns. And Mike McCarthy called four straight run plays and ran two minutes off the clock. And I, I, I'm glad I'm not as big a Cowboy fan as I used to be because I probably would need a new TV. I was, I was so angry at the play calling. Is this, is this what we have to look forward to? He said he wanted to run the ball more, even though the roster is built to throw the ball. And it looks like maybe he meant it, and I don't know that that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it was certainly suspect. You, you have to have – I mean, your your odds of winning from, from a literal standpoint are incredibly low. I mean, you know, at that moment in time. And, and this was after all the time ticked off that you mentioned. But the, the moment Dak Prescott – you know, the ball that left his hand, the Cowboys had 12% win probability. And obviously that decreased to one when, when it was picked off. But um, so, I mean, if you've got a 12% win probability, whatever it was even, you know, two or three minutes before that, a 14 15 16%. You have to, I mean, you got to get all the juice out of that that you possibly can in the name of trying to pull off this miracle. And it didn't feel like they were um, that motivated. I'm with you. Uh, I would go even further back when, and I wrote about this this week, um, when there were three minutes left in the third quarter, uh, the Cowboys down eight, facing fourth and three at the Arizona four. Look, I am as analytically, you know, favored as anybody. I am team aggression, team aggressive, team go for it, but. I mean, at that moment of the game, you're struggling to score. I have no idea why you don't kick that field goal and, and you know, make it a five-point game with, you know, 18 minutes left in, in the contest. And so uh, there were a number of, of decisions like that that were kind of weird to look back on. Um, and I'm, I'm with you, too. You know, for the last two weeks, I've done nothing but make fun of people who made fun of people or who made fun of McCarthy for saying he wanted to run the ball. And I was saying how – Everybody misinterpreted him, and look how smart he is, and y'all are all dumb and, and stupid. Well, <laughs> Tony Pollard leads the NFL in carries. <laughs> and so um, I, um, I'm a little bit on thin ice right now, and I'm kind of you know upset myself because what are you doing? And I, I wrote an article that came out today. Tony Pollard had 74 total touches through the first three games of the season. Wow. If you look at the, if you look at the first three games of every season that Zeke Elliott played for the Cowboys, there is only one that he had more than 74 touches in. And so my point is like, and that was his rookie year where he obviously set the world on fire. So I mean, Zeke Elliott saw less work through the first three games of all but one of his seasons in Dallas than Tony Pollard is experiencing right now. And yeah, fine. You can say the Cowboys are getting everything they can, getting every, you know, their money's worth because he's on the tag. That's still not a sound strategy. I mean, I know everybody loves to talk about his sustainability and whatever, but like nobody can, can sustain it. He's on, on pace for over 350 carries, and that's not even including <laughs> his work in the passing game. So, yeah, I mean, it does feel like maybe he meant that a little bit more seriously than I gave him credit for. 300 carries, that's, that's Derrick Henry numbers. That's 
crazy, especially for, and I know he's not a small back. He kind of gets that unfairly, but he's also not Derrick Henry's size and definitely doesn't need 300, definitely doesn't need to carry the ball 300 times this year. If the Cowboys, nobody does. Right. I mean, I, I, you know, you would, you would be smart to ration everybody. And so um, that's where it's a little bit, you know, weird. And, and people want to say things like, oh, well, you know, the carries, you know, came when they were being conservative uh, in the first two weeks. Fine. That's true. The wear and tear is still the same, right? Like if, if I'm driving my brand new car around the neighborhood, the miles count the same. Um, you know, maybe not from a gas perspective, but you get my point. Like the wear and tear is still happening. So you have to be really careful here. And, and Mike is, is somebody who always talks about like keeping his players fresh. But when I, you know, identified that yesterday, I was just really taken aback that Pollard has gotten that much work this early in the season. RJ Achoa blogging the boys with us here on the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And speaking of Zeke coming back to town, Will Greer coming back to town. What do you think the reception for Zeke especially is going to be? I would be stunned if he gets any kind of booze. Um, I think the only thing that could lead to that would be um, if he did kind of some sort of mocking celebration if he scored, but that just doesn't seem like Zeke to me. Um, I think that it'll be a warm welcome. I think everybody understands um, that it was just the decision that had to be made, and I think everybody's really grateful um, for, for Zeke's obviously service to the Cowboys, a really fun player and, and responsible for a lot of happy memories that we all have. And so I think it'll be emotional and fun. It, it won't quite be, you know, Tom Brady returning to new England or anything like that, but, um, yeah, I, I think it'll, it'll be a good time for everybody to kind of reminisce and, and then get serious and play a football game. Do the Patriots have a little bit of advantage with Will Greer being the third quarterback now, knowing that he knows this new Mike McCarthy system pretty well after being here throughout the entire preseason? I would say maybe maybe a teeny bit, um, but there's a lot of that in the NFL. You know, you, you could argue, you know, the Cowboys have the benefit of having Stephon Gilmore and knowing Bill Belichick so intimately and Brandon Cooks, obviously, who, who spent time in the New England organization as well. Um, I, I don't put a ton of stock into that, but, but it is a non-zero factor. When you look at this game coming up on – Sunday, I mean, what do the Cowboys do defensively against the Patriots, who, by the way, have been really pretty good in the red zone so far this year? I mean, it's it's hard, right? Like, there's only so many ways, let alone intelligent ones, that you can say, well, you just have to score, right? Like, you just, you just have to score touchdowns when you get down near the paint. Um, but I think, you know, you've, you've got to take advantage of, of your, of your obvious advantages. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, n- nobody, it doesn't have to be CD lamb. It doesn't have to be this, that, whatever, take the low hanging fruit, take the Luke Schoonmaker drag routes, take the Jake Ferguson against the linebacker opportunities and he can win. Take it yourself, Dak Prescott. Like you, you know, and, and I don't know that the Cowboys are worried about any sort of narrative, but. You know, the red zone issues a week ago, we all did chalk up to them kind of going conservative after they built up a big lead. But if they go out and have their first red zone opportunity on Sunday and don't score a touchdown, then, then like, you know, then the idea gets louder in all of our minds, including their own. And um, I think that they're, you know, pretty mentally sound and can handle that. But this is now a thing, and it will be a thing until it's not. I don't know if you guys remember – 
it was like a, a two-year run where the Alex Smith Chiefs um, did not have a touchdown caught by a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They had like this, this like, I don't know, 23-game streak where that was just the case. And until it happened, it was like, oh, when's it going to happen? Is it, is it going to happen now? No, well, we still can't get a receiver to score. Like, this is a thing until it's not. So they've got to go cash in uh, whatever it takes. How healthy are the Cowboys going to be on Sunday, in your opinion? Man, um, I'm starting to get a little worried. Uh, I'm, de- <laughs> I'm definitely um, a little bit reserved about the offensive line situation. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I I guess it's somewhat encouraging that Tyron Smith dressed um, last week. I mean, if, if you're really trying to reach. Um, but I also think that uh, while we feel all this pressure and we feel all this anxiety and, and we're saying, you got to do this, you got to do that. They know, look, Sunday is October 1st. Like, you know, we're, we're going to try this and we're going to go at this as, as best as we can, but we're not going to rush these dudes because even if we fall to two and two, the season is still well alive. I mean, nobody wants that to be the case, obviously, but you can't, you know, you can't go for broke. Like, it, we look, we bogeyed the third hole, right? But we still have, you know, 15 left. Nobody needs this. This is a, <laughs> this is a, a there's, there's water on, on both sides here. Like, it's okay. Leave the big dog in the bag. Hit the hybrid off the tee. You're not going to go as far, but the goal is to hit the fairway here. You've got a, a whole round left to play. When you look at this defense, how much different do you think it's going to look against the Patriots? And and do they do they still need to make some moves being in the secondary before this is all said and done, you think? I think they're all right. I think it's just, you know, it's going to take longer than one game for Deron Bland to get used to being on the outside for Deron Gilmore to kind of, um, you know, fully assimilate to his role as the top corner on the team. Um, You know, it it just, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, it happened on Thursday. I think, you know, in the hysteria and and drama of it all and and our our sad, you know, emotions, you know, it was 72 hours, you know what I mean? They had to kind of also travel and, and kind of put all this together. And so, um, but this is a Bill Belichick-led team that they're facing who will do a lot of work to kind of mitigate their, their best opportunities. And so I don't know that we'll see, you know, the full Micah Parsons experience or the full Stephon Gilmore experience, but they're fortunate or they have a fortunate opportunity that they're not going up against an offense that is really renowned. You know, Mac Jones is a little bit more limited. I know Zeke and all that stuff, but this should be a relatively – you know, clean game. I mean, for the Cowboys on defense, they should be able to kind of survive and, and live up to the task, which they obviously were not able to do last week in Arizona. When you look at what this defense is capable of doing, and certainly they didn't do it last week, it, could this be after getting acclimated to the new positions, what you just mentioned, could this be a kind of a, a get well game, a breakout game for them? Yeah, I mean, um, I thought the Bills' uh, week two game against the Raiders was it was a real get right game, right? They lost the you know first Monday night game to the Jets, and every, everybody was kind of down on them and whatever. And then they just came out and, and beat a, a team that wasn't on their level, and they did so pretty soundly. And um, again, not to overestimate, or excuse me, underestimate Bill Belichick, but this this Cowboys team is much better than this Patriots team, and so. This should be an opportunity um, to to kind of you know come in humbled and and pick up a, a hard earned win. Um, I think if the Cowboys had won last week, you know I think they might have been looking forward to the next Sunday night in San Francisco. I mean they they do view that as their kind of measuring stick opportunity. In fact, last week CD Lamb himself you know was asked about being two and zero and all the flowers that they're receiving, and he said, "Look, 
This is still early in the season. Week five is our measuring stick. That is the San Francisco game. So that's great, guys. You know, you want to go beat the big bad 49ers, but you have to play 16 other games. And I think that they forgot that last week. <laughs> uh, and they should be reminded um, and, and take care of business in a proper sense this week. Not saying that this would happen, but what if Zeke comes in and just goes off, RJ, and puts up incredible numbers, has 150 yards rushing and three touchdowns? What do Cowboy fans do then? Well, Ward, uh, first of all, my wife and I uh, will luck out as far as my son's future college tuition because business will be good. It will be bad, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the content will be easy. Um, but, um, in, uh, in all seriousness, I mean, it, it, it would be hilarious and, and frustrating and sad and, ama- and amazing um, to the highest order. Um, obviously, and if that happened in conjunction with, say, Tony Pollard had a poor game, say the Cowboys continued to have red zone issues. I mean, because right now, I know that take is floating around like, oh, man, the Cowboys missed Zeke in the red zone. Yeah, they miss Zeke in the red zone if they're at the one or two yard line. All yeah. due respect to Zeke. They do not miss Zeke, you know, on third and goal from the nine yard line. That was not his specialty last year. Uh, but if he were to come in and have these explosive runs and the Cowboys were to, say they had a fourth and goal at the one and they tried to get this, you know, big push of a play and they couldn't. And it was like, you miss Zeke. I mean, that's, you know, that's the opposite of Nirvana. That's our personal hell. Uh, <laughs> and it, it would make next week a, a whole lot longer. RJ Ochoa blogging the boys with us here in the press box. RJ, what's your prediction for Sunday? I think it's probably a, a, a gross first half um, that, that, you know, incites people, keeps people upset, whatever. Maybe it's a, a 10 to seven, you know, 13 to 10 kind of score. Uh, the Cowboys have, have left a little bit of meat on the bone, so to speak, unlike me and whatever I wind up cooking this week. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I think they probably separate in the third quarter and ultimately Cruz gets a three and one. And then we're allowed to kind of get back on the hype train setting up for next week's Sunday night football game between Dallas and San Francisco. RJ Ochoa blogging the boys with us here on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, RJ, appreciate it very much. Enjoy the game this weekend. Enjoy the food, and uh, we'll get an update from you next week, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all have a good rest of the week. All right, there he goes. R.J. Ochoa, blogging the boys. Left a little meat on the bone, did they? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. And he mentioned the American League West race. He's a huge Astros fan. Yes, big-time Astros fan. I did not mention it. That's the I love RJ. I I, I saw you biting your tongue over there. Yes. Well, and I do it on Twitter, too, because I love RJ. He's great for the show. He's a nice guy just in general. He just happens to root for, you know, that team in Houston that I can't stand. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I was like, eh. He, he, he mentioned it, you know, with the talking about comparing it to the Cowboys, you know, how some winnable games, games that they should have won earlier in the season are kind of – kind of come back to haunt you late in the season mm-hmm. and it's doing that to the Astros like it did to the Cowboys last year so I figured I'd let it go well, you, did, you did good I, if the if the Rangers clinch this weekend we'll talk about it next week definitely <laughs> I, I'm sure you will yeah <laughs> turn the screws down a little oh, tighter absolutely. <laughs> so RJ oh thanks to RJ Ochoa blogging the boys joining us here and Cowboys coming up this weekend right here on ESPN Central Texas as the Patriots come to town we'll take the break when we come back we'll put a wrap on this one as the press box continues right after this the Mart Coaches Show with Kevin Hoffman is brought to you by In Commons Bank Mart Coach coming off a 64 to nothing win over Meridian to start district play 
you've got to be pretty happy with your team's performance. Just an all-around great effort in all three facets of the game. Yeah, we played well. Uh, got off to a fast start and uh, uh, just continued to, uh, you know, do the things that we've been working on in practice. What stood out most about your team's performance last Friday? Well, just the fact that we got out to a fast start and we played together. And, uh, you know, there were some people that we had to move around positions and uh, uh, thought they all played pretty well. And, uh, you know, we uh, moved D. Montreal uh, to quarterback and uh, he had a great night. And uh, we had to move uh, uh, Cornelius Gillespie into the middle uh, on defense, middle linebacker. And uh, he had not 13, 14 tackles or something like that. He, uh, he had a great night at middle linebacker, yeah. Now, you continue to play Texas is your on the home road against Heiko. Talk a little bit about this Heiko team. Offensively, they show a lot of looks, everything from a wing tee to spread. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they're another year. Uh, they had some young young kids last year, and uh, uh, they're, they're still young, but those, you know, an, another year of experience. And uh, uh, they like to do multiple things offensively and defensively to uh, keep you on your toes and make sure you uh, you get lined up uh, correctly uh, to all their different formations. So uh, uh, that's something that uh, our focus will be on this week. ESPN Central Texas. Every day, InCommons Bank strives to be the best community bank in Central Texas. Each of their six Central Texas locations have a proud history in the communities they serve. In addition, InCommons Bank offers modern-day services to their customers, including mobile banking, where you can access your account night or day, insurance services to make sure you are covered, competitive home mortgage loans, and free business checking. At InCommons Bank, you can open your new account online. It's quick and easy. Learn more at InCommonsBank.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing lender. Triple S Sports is your one stop for all your baseball and softball gear. They have the latest bats, gloves, balls, and equipment from names that you know and trust. Rawlings, Louisville Slugger, DeMarini, Wilson, Easton, Mizuno, Under Armour, and New Balance. Triple S Sports can also take care of your team uniform needs with their large selection of the latest sublimated apparel and custom caps. Ask about league and school special discounts. Stop by their warehouse in Waco or visit them at triplesports.com. Play ball! Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. The next time you need to rent or buy heavy equipment, remember West Rentals. At West Rentals, you'll find scissor lift, ditch witch, sky track, storage crates, skid steers, backhoe, power washer, jackhammer, jumping jack, and concrete trowels. Their goal is to meet all your needs from small jobs to large contracts. Locally owned and operated, West Rentals, 226 West Oak Street in West and at westrental.net. Great food and a hometown atmosphere is what customers love about Rocket Cafe. Popular breakfast choices are the Hungry Man Special. Two pancakes, two eggs, bacon, and hash browns. 
and the Rocket Breakfast Burritos, sausage, bacon, eggs, cheese, and potatoes. And daily lunch specials include free dessert. And check out the Rocket Burger with their one-third pound fresh, never-frozen patties. Rocket Cafe is only open Friday nights for home games, and that night features their famous all-you-can-eat catfish special. A Robinson tradition, Rocket Cafe. You're invited to experience the best carnival in Central Texas at the Heart of Texas Fair and Rodeo this October. Grab the whole family and enjoy fun games, thrilling rides, and all your fair food favorites. Don't miss the opportunity to make memories that will last a lifetime. Purchase a fun pass at your local participating Sefco convenience stores for even more fun and excitement. Each one includes gated mission and unlimited carnival rides each day of the fair for only $90. Visit HotFair.com today for more information. It's fast-paced, it's color-driven, and it's all Texas. It's the Drake Toll Show on ESPN Central Texas from 12 to 2. Join myself, Drake Toll, and Cameron Stewart weekdays to talk everything from the SEC and Big 12 to the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. If it's sports in the Lone Star State, it's on our airwaves. You can even watch the show live on YouTube by searching Drake Toll Show. It's the Drake Toll Show, starting Monday, October 2nd, and live weekdays from noon to 2. Thanks for making us your lunchtime listen. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixings. They welcome phone-in orders at their town west or downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. Good for qualified buyers at 5.5% interest for 72 months with 5,000 down cash or trade. TTL extra city dealer details. Construction makes getting here harder, so we make buying easier at Richard Cars Construction Sale event. Qualified buyers can get a pre-owned 2017 Toyota Tundra four-wheel drive truck for $399 a month or a 2018 Chevy Equinox for $205 a month. Over 80 thoroughly inspected pre-owned vehicles price to sell. 100% approval is always our goal. Call, log on, or get here now for easy deals during the pre-owned construction sale event going on now at Richard Carr. At Richard Carr, we give you more. All Around Maintenance is your complete janitorial and construction cleanup service. Whether you're looking for someone to clean your business or you need quick cleanup after a big construction, All Around Maintenance handles the nitty-gritty. We're Real Central Texans, working with your schedule to satisfy your needs since 1996. We'll leave your office, school, restaurant, industrial facility, house of worship, or apartment complex spotless at an honest rate. Visit us today at allaroundmaintenance.net. That's allaroundmaintenance.net. Let us do the dirty work. Hadn't heard this in a while. Me either. I Very just, nice. It came up on the recommended YouTube. I was like, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's play a little Fosters of People. Good stuff. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. The loudest college football stadiums have been ranked. Uh, and it, look, it, some of it has to do with capacity, right? Some sure, of it, sure. Some of it has to do with just having the best fans in football. And some of it has to do with, well, let's face it, having a really good football team to cheer for. So there's 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 three big factors in in the uh, list that's been put together. Uh, you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Uh, bottom to top. All right. Sanford Stadium, number twenty in in the loudest stadiums. 
University of Georgia opened in 1929, capacity 92,746. All right. I thought they might be higher on the list. You're going to have trouble convincing me there's 19 louder places. All right. Folsom Field is number 19. University of Colorado in Boulder opened in 1924. 54,972. There is zero chance that that stadium is louder than Georgia. I I don't zero see it. Zero chance. I don't see it. Even even this year with Dion, there's zero chance. Jordan-Hare Stadium uh, from Auburn, Auburn is number yeah. 18. All right. Opened in 1939, 87,000. All the SEC stadiums are going to be they're, nuts. They're probably going to be on there, right? Yeah. Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium is number 17 on the list. Opened in 1923. 80,126 for the University of Oklahoma. I I mean, I've been to games there. It's pretty loud. I, I can see it's in the top 20. How about number 16? This is going to make Aaron's skin crawl. Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. Number 16 on the list. Uh, you know. I've been to games there. It's like Cowboy Stadium. It it's could not, be. It could be really quiet. It can be loud sometimes. Yes, it's a lot like it's a lot like Jerry World. It can be the loudest place you've ever been to on the right day. On the wrong day, you can go and you're like, "There's a hundred thousand people here, and I can hear the quarterback yelling out the signals." You know, mm-hmm. the opposing quarterback. That shouldn't be happening. 1924 is when it opened. Of course, it's had so many renovations since then. 100,119, the capacity uh, in Texas. Number uh, 15, Connick Stadium, home of the University of Iowa Hawkeyes, opened in 1929, 69,250, and also home of the best tradition in college football, in my opinion. When they all turn to the children's hospital, yeah, that's that is a, it, that is a really cool, cool thing. Absolutely. Uh, let's see, number fourteen, University of Nebraska's Lincoln Memorial Stadium. Yeah, I mean, even though they've been terrible, the the fans still show up and still? they still get loud. All right, I'll take your word for it. I didn't. Uh, eighty five thousand four hundred fifty eight. I don't know when it's had eighty five thousand. No, you're right, and that and that's probably based on you know. Years ago. Yeah, absolutely. So There's no right. way it's the same atmosphere as it was back in the day Yeah, when they were winning national championships. I can see this one, but I thought it would be – I thought this would probably be really close to the top. Number 13, Ohio Stadium. Absolutely. 1922, I I don't know how it's not even in the top 10, but I'm just going by the list here. Camp Randall Stadium at number 12. Home of the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Opened in 1917, 80,321. I I don't ever remember that place just going bonkers, but okay. If they say it's there, it's there. Let's see. Number 11, Dope Cam, uh, Campbell Stadium. Florida State University in Tallahassee. Uh, Tallahassee, excuse me. Opened in 1950, 79,560. Now, I know that stadium can get loud and very, very loud. So, um, I would thought that one had been higher, too. It also has, you know, the tradition of the rider coming out uh, before a game. I always like that. Number 10. All right, we'll get to the top 10. Michigan Stadium at number 10. You buying that, Aaron? No, that should be much higher. I would think so. I don't know how I, Michigan. I mean, I Ohio's, haven't even. I haven't looked Michigan at number Ohio's one or anything. Not in the so top I ten. I already don't like this list. One hundred seven thousand. Okay, 
Uh, at number nine, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, the Swamp, University of Florida in Gainesville, opened in 1930, 88,548. I just, okay, maybe when Tebow was there. Right. How is it now? Yeah. Yeah. Number eight on the list, okay? And this is where it all falls apart for me. Kyle Field, home of the Aggies in College Station, opened in 1927, 102,733. I've been to Kyle Field, Mm -hmm. and if there's a louder stadium than Kyle Field, I'll eat your hat. Absolutely. (laughs) I'd never miss an opportunity to take take a jab at Aggies, but one thing you cannot say unless you just want to lie, is that <laughs> that place is not insanely loud every game, no matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter. No, that's, and they should definitely be top five. I, it, it, it has to be number one. I don't, I'm not buying this. I mean, just I'm not going to buy it. Beaver Stadium, home of Penn State, opened in 1960, I don't think that's louder than Michigan, Ohio State, or Texas A&M. Matter of fact, I, I, there's no it's way. Not. It's not. It's not. It's just not. Okay, here's another great one. Lane Stadium, Virginia Tech. No, get out of here. No. I mean, I'm sure they no got a way. nice home crowd, but it's not louder than Ohio State. It's not louder than Michigan. It's definitely not louder than Texas A&M. Oregon at nope. number five. Nope. No. It's it's just not. Tiger Stadium, LSU. Okay, I'll buy that yes, one. Yes. That's yeah. in the top five. Yeah. I guarantee you. It's at four. It probably should be number two behind A&M. Uh, Death Valley, Clemson Memorial Stadium. Uh, at number three, okay, probably should be in the top ten. Uh, Neyland Stadium, Tennessee, no, except when they're singing Rocky Top and it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, and then number one, Husky Stadium, University of Washington. They say that that's the loudest stadium in college That's football. a ridiculous list. One, Alabama's not even on there, which is uh, yep. ridiculous. They easily top ten, and that number one's laughable. It should be A and M, followed by probably Michigan mm-hmm. and Ohio State. I would think so. I, I know three. that that's not that's not louder than Kyle Field. No, definitely not, not at all. All right, don't forget John Moore's coming up at two o'clock, followed by Matt Mosley this afternoon, three to six. Baylor coaches show uh, this evening, starting at seven o'clock, right here on ESPN Central Texas, followed by Texas Ranger baseball as they try to win the West. Magic number, Aaron says three. three. All right, that's going to do it for us. For Aaron Sexton, I'm Ward White. Until next time, so long, everybody. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. Would you like to experience the excitement of Baylor football tailgating? Well, you're invited to the Baylor Alumni Home Tailgate. Open four hours prior to kickoff of each home game. This family-friendly event is open to all fans and friends of Baylor, and no game ticket is required. You can watch the big college games on large televisions, and great food from Bubba's 33 is also available. It's a great place to get your game face on. We'll be looking for you at the Baylor Alumni Home Tailgate under the big tent just over the pedestrian bridge at McLean Stadium Touchdown Alley. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the New England Patriots. Live from AT&T Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Wings Pizza and Things is celebrating 16 years as your headquarters for great food and great sports. Wings Pizza and Things, where there's not a bad seat in the house to catch all the games on over 60 big screen TVs. With the NFL ticket, you're not going to miss any of the action no matter who your team is. Want the 